Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's get to John Woods. John is our guest for the next segment. He is the Asia Pacific CIO at Credit Suisse, and he happens to be in our studio in Hong Kong. John, it's always a pleasure. Got to talk about this pivot on the part of uh, authorities in China to kind of change the narrative when it comes to the uh, zero COVID policy and the price action has been stunning. Is this necessarily people now betting on a recovery or is it nothing more than short covering and that we've got a really, really tough road ahead for China? I think a little bit of both. Uh, I, I think the way that you phrased the question was correct. The narrative absolutely has changed, particularly among investors. But on the ground, I'm not convinced the reality has substantially changed. I mean, I can share with you, for example, anecdotally, that Credit Suisse office in Beijing is running at about 10 percent occupancy. There's no meaningful sign yet of uh, a reopening uh, commensurate with the sharp rally that we've seen, uh, for example, in uh, in the A-share and even the MSCI China index. Uh, there's a lot of hope uh, and expectation uh, certainly built into this large rally. Perhaps the market's looking forward six months, uh, nine months, possibly even 12 months. But for now, uh, we see uh, reasonably restricted uh, operating conditions on the ground in China. That will clearly impact uh, essentially growth outlook, corporate revenues. Sure. And so my sense is the market's got a little ahead of itself on this occasion. Well, John, can you be a little more specific? Because uh, you say that it hasn't started to really reopen on maybe 10% of your staff in the office. Is that because they don't want to go back to work? Is that because they'll get, they're afraid they'll get harassed by Chinese authorities and it's not clear how much they can move around? Um, is it going to take time for the, the expectations to change? Well, this this, uh, this um, occupancy rate is deemed uh, appropriate uh, by our internal management, uh, but it's not just the CS uh, office. Actually, um, pretty much every other office in the uh, in the region has a similar occupancy rate. So, so this is just consistent right now with uh, the uh, the levels and practice of uh, COVID restriction. Uh, w w what I'm trying to say is that uh, the market has priced in a substantially more uh, aggressive and optimistic outlook, which is not yet reflected in the ground. I think the market has got ahead of itself. By the way, that's also consistent with a lot of cross-asset global trends as well. We've seen meaningful uh, decline in uh, the U.S. dollar index and a substantial increase in risk appetite in developed markets. So actually, China's rally is pretty much consistent with a risk on uh, momentum uh, globally. But I, I have a feeling, uh, given conditions on the ground, we've somewhat got ahead of ourselves. 
One of the things we've also been talking about the news today, you know, Apple was uh, at a, a semiconductor manufacturing facility that's being constructed in Arizona. TSMC is r really driving this. Um, are you concerned about the degree to which uh, Western businesses that have set up production facilities in China may begin to say, you know what, we just have very little faith in the government now. We don't know where they stand. Some of the responses to extreme conditions like COVID are draconian, and we have to rethink our strategy. Um, I think that is going to become a secular trend over uh, the next five, 10, uh, and potentially longer uh, uh, year time frame. Uh, I, I think companies uh, require consistency, reliability, and the ability from a supply chain logistic perspective to deliver goods uh, when they say they will. Uh, and when there are factors that are um, unavoidable or difficult to uh, manage, then of course that puts that consistency uh, at risk. And so what we are seeing is a focus on supply chain security I think more from a delivery perspective, which is encouraging reshoring, offshoring, uh, companies moving, uh, particularly around the Southeast Asia region. I suspect that Vietnam is a major beneficiary of that. Uh, but when you also incorporate just the substantial rise in costs, uh, particularly on the coastal periphery in China, what may interest you is that a large part of that uh, offshoring is actually driven by Chinese companies. Chinese mm. companies are actually major uh, investors, for example, in Vietnam, simply because labor costs are cheaper, uh, and therefore uh, the manufacturing site becomes uh, a little more productive and profitable. So actually th there's mm. a complexity to uh, this, uh, this, this discussion. But to answer your question, absolutely, I would anticipate more and more companies now reshoring, uh, relocating from China, as much to do with uh, the ability to deliver um, on, on, uh, as, as committed, uh, but also to do with costs as lot, well. A lot of bullishness now on Asia as a place to invest, given the uncertainties and limitations in, for, you know, for investing in U.S. stocks and bonds. Uh, China's growth, uh, how, how, how quickly does it rebound? Or is it, you know, is it going to continue to lag? The latest China Beige book from Leland, Leland Miller for the month of November showed just you know, downturns across the board, every indicator, every industry. Um, well, that's, I think, uh, consistent also uh, with our view as well. Um, you know, we have the trade uh, data out for China shortly. I would expect to see uh, actually quite a meaningful contraction in the trade balance, uh, which clearly uh, is a negative from a growth perspective, because uh, uh, most, growth for most, most growth forecasts do uh, factor in and anticipate uh, something of a boost from the external, uh, the external account. But if we do start to see some reopening in China at the margin, uh, I, I would anticipate import demand to improve. Uh, and at the same time, as we see growth slowing down and goods demand decelerating in the West, you would get that sort of double whammy effect on the trade balance, and we would anticipate it to diminish. Uh, in, in terms of growth, we, start to, we, we expect China will go around 3% uh, this year, which is an extraordinarily low growth target. That will um, accelerate somewhat to around 4, 4.5% next year, but that's as much to do with the, the base effect, uh, I, I think, than anything else. China clearly is on a substantially lower growth trajectory than it was uh, five, even five years ago, and, and, and that, uh, I think, and reflects this uh, services uh, and consumption-driven growth 
a, a focus a initiative that the government is promoting. Um, and if if uh, if there is to be some sort of uh, boost to that, it'll have to come, I think, from the property sector. It'll be the property sector uh, and perhaps more um, conducive and supportive uh, policies by the authorities to, to, to promote that side of the business. That will be the main key to the growth outlook. John, thank you so much. It's ironic that uh, the property sector, which helped tear the economy down last year could help lead it ahead. John Woodge, Asia Pacific CEO at Credit Suisse, thank you for joining us. This is Daybreak Asia. This is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.